And we will come back to this list at the end and have a prayer time. But uh, find Galatians 5 as we jump back into our study of the book of Galatians. And we've camped out on the fruit of the passage, uh, fruit of the Spirit passage. Now, folks, generally, uh, as you well know, I like to generally, in preaching or teaching, I'll take one unit of thought, one, one pericope, one unit of thought. For instance, if you were preaching in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 9, or maybe you could argue 1 through 10 would make up a pericope, and we go through that. But when you're dealing with uh, a word, like we've been taking each one of these uh, aspects of the fruit of the Spirit individually, love, look at that, uh, joy, peace, patience. Uh, obviously, you're dealing with one word. There's not a passage to go through. And so we'll bring in some other supporting thoughts and passages from the Scripture as well. Uh, but uh, when, we, when we talk about Galatians, because some have not been with us since chapter 1, uh, what was the situation going on among the Galatian churches? Do you remember that? Who was the group attacking them, attacking the churches of Galatia with a false gospel? There's no gospel at all. What was the name of that group? The Judaizers. And what were the Judaizers telling the people? Yes, the law and works and circumcision. You know, they, they kind of had the attitude. You want to be a Christian and come to God through Christ? Okay, that's well and good, but he's not enough. You need to add the law and works and circumcision to Christ. Now, as we pointed out, circumcision in and of itself, that's not even an issue the church has discussed today. But does that mean this book doesn't apply to us? No. Because what's still an issue today with a lot of people? They try to add something to Christ for salvation. A Christ plus something else salvation. And that's not the gospel. In fact, Paul makes the point you try to add works to faith and what do you do with faith? You destroy it. Jesus and Jesus alone is sufficient. We trust Him and Him alone. You don't need to, you can't add anything to Him. So, while the situation is different today than it was back then, the principle is nonetheless the same. And uh, Paul's so upset about that, remember, he even skipped the general uh, salutations, greetings, and prayer at the beginning and just jumped right into it. He said, I'm astonished that you have uh, left the gospel. And you turn to another gospel that is no gospel. And if anybody comes preaching that gospel that is no gospel to you, let him be anathema. Uh, some of the strongest language in the Greek New Testament. Let him be eternally condemned to hell. Is what Paul is saying. So that's, that's what he's been dealing with them over. 
Uh, okay, let's pick up reading now. Let's go back to verse 16, and uh, we'll read down through uh, verse 24, chapter 5, and we're going to look tonight at kindness. Try a little kindness. Uh, live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things... And what he means there is those who do, do such things as a way of life. He's not talking about a Christian who might have a temporary lapse or stumble in his life, but somebody who claims to be a Christian yet walks like this uh, shows that they're not born again. He says, uh, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, according to writer uh, John Vann, at the 1995 annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, researchers revealed the results of a study to show uh, how important kindness is in day-to-day -day relationships. Now, in the experiment, researchers, you obviously need somebody. Who are you looking for? I'm just taking a headcount. Oh, I thought you were coming to tell a parent your child's having a meltdown. We need you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, in the experiment, researchers gave 44 doctors the symptoms of a hypothetical patient and then asked for each doctor's diagnosis of the illness. But the real point of the study was not how well the doctors could diagnose the illness. Before the experiment began, researchers gave half of the doctors a bag of goodies, candy, candies and goodies, saying it was a token of appreciation for their involvement in the study. The other doctors received nothing. Uh, Alice Eisen, a Cornell University <coughs> psychologist, said the doctors receiving the goodie bags were far more likely to correct and diagnose the patient's problem. She said, pleasant feeling states give rise to altruism, helpfulness, and improved interpersonal processes, she explained. So I guess the moral of the story is give your doctor a bag of goodies and you get better treatment, right? <laughs> now, remember what we've been saying about the fruit of the Spirit being the profile of the believer. And we said the fruit of the Spirit is not something you, you try to go after yourself. Paul says here not to walk in the Spirit. I mean, not to walk in the fruit, but he says walk in the Spirit. 
It's the Spirit that produces the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we could talk also about abiding in Christ. Jesus in John 15 said, Abide in me, and let me and my words abide in you. Ten times in 11 verses, abide in me, abide in me. And if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. Then he said, more fruit and then much fruit in that passage. So through abiding in Christ and walking in the Spirit, we bear the fruit of the Spirit. And it's, it's to be the profile of the believer. Now think of the order of the fruit of the Spirit. We love to talk about love, don't we? Love, sweet love. Just give me love, right? And we love to talk about joy. I mean, who doesn't want to be joyful? And we talk about how joy is something much deeper than happiness. Happiness depends on circumstances. Uh, joy is much deeper than that. We love to talk about peace. Through every circumstance of life, we want the peace that passes all understanding. And because we've received love and joy and peace from the Lord, we've seen that that is also what we are to give out. Now, last time we were together, we turned a bit of a corner, and we saw last time that we're to be what? Patient, long-suffering, and patient. That's a tough one, isn't it? Especially on the roads. Oh, my goodness. Get behind somebody going up Highway 29 doing 30 miles an hour in the fast lane. Just drives me crazy. Does it drive anybody else crazy? Just drives me nuts. <laughs> so that's a tough one. We're to be patient, though, with the circumstances God has us in, knowing that through those circumstances, He's building character in us. And we're to be patient with people who can sometimes be very difficult. God may lead somebody difficult into your life to try to build some kind of character quality in you. Well, we're also to be kind. You know, sometimes we don't want to talk about this one either all the time, do we? Uh, we, we want to go back to love and joy and peace and dwell on those. But folks, we can't limit ourselves. It's the ninefold fruit of the Spirit. Alfred Barnes, an Old Testament commentator, said it is, my, and speaking of kindness, he says, it is mildness of temper, calmness of spirit, an unruffled disposition, and a disposition to treat all with Politeness. This is one of the regular effects of the Spirit's operations on the heart. Religion should make no one crabby or sour. It should sweeten the temper. It should correct an irritable disposition. It should make the heart kind. It should dispossess us to make all around us as happy as possible. This is true politeness. Now, folks, we are living in a society and in a world where this is becoming more and more rare, is it not? Years ago, back in 1996, the front page cover of USA Today began with this observation. So I wonder what they report today. But anyway, they said, a surly driver cuts into your lane. 
and gives you a, a sign. <laughs> Your teenager brings home a CD with lewd, hostile lyrics. A political candidate in a TV ad morphs into a convicted murderer. A star baseball player spits on an umpire. A radio talk show jockey insults the president while he's sitting right there. The article said it's impossible to ignore the, group, the growing rudeness, even harshness, in American life today. And then also, according to a survey, U.S. News and World Report, an overwhelming majority of Americans believe that incivility is a very serious problem. And more than three out of four said it's gotten far, far worse in the last 10 years. This is no surprise to any of us. We see it all around us, don't we? Well, first of all, I want you to see tonight, kindness is an attribute of God. The Bible talks about the kindness of God in several places. Now, when we've spoken before about the attributes of God, I've mentioned those that are incommunicable and communicable. Do you remember what each one stands for? What's, what's the incommunicable attributes of God? Those attributes that are God's alone. His omnipotence. His omniscience. Uh, his omnipresence. Uh, his all-knowing, all-ever-present, all-powerful. Those are things that can be said of God and God alone. But then also we speak of communicable communicable attributes. What are those? His word. That's probably the primary one. Those are things that he is that we can be as well. Right. right. His holiness, his love, his mercy, his kindness. Attributes that he possesses that he expects to see in his children as well, right? And so we, we see that, that division of the attributes of God. And, and again, kindness is one of those. It's an attribute of God. And secondly, I want you to see God's kindness displayed. The Lord Jesus himself came into a very unkind world. The first century was that way too. The Roman Empire was this way. It was a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Every man out for himself. Do you realize there weren't organizations of mercy? There weren't mental institutions. There weren't hospitals and orphanages like we have today. Largely, it's the church through church history that's established those agencies and hospitals to care for people, to show mercy to people. It's a direct result of Christianity. They, they didn't know of these things in the, in the ancient world. God's kindness is great. Listen to Psalm 117, verses 1 and 2. It says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. 
uh, laud him, all you peoples, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. God showers his kindness upon us. Now, why does he do that? I guess we could say that's one of the greatest of all mysteries, right? Why the sovereign God of the universe would choose to shower his kindnesses upon us. But he does so. He's a kind and benevolent God. I think I have an answer for you. Okay. David Jeremiah is pretty uh, program this morning. And he was talking on the subject of uh, blessings that we get from time to time. We understand where they come from and sometimes we don't. And he says the primary reason for that is the fact that uh, he loves us. And he loves us so much that sometimes on a whim, uh, he will bless us in some way. And uh, he was basically saying, recognize there is a reason and that's it primarily. Sure. And uh, I think that's just an awesome principle there. But why God does that to fallen man is a mystery. Uh, he loves us because he loves us, shows kindness, because it's part of his grace. We don't deserve it, do we? Uh, Jill Briscoe, well-known Christian speaker and writer, she shares the following. She said, uh, I've been traveling for two weeks straight, speaking at meetings. Somehow, the tight schedule allowed only time for talking and not much for eating. Whenever it was mealtime, I found myself on one more airplane. On this particular day, it was hot, it was summer, I was tired and hungry. My flight had been delayed, and by the time I arrived at the next conference center, I discovered that my host had already gone to bed. In the morning, I learned that because of the delayed flight, they presumed I wouldn't be until the next day coming in, and hence no one there as a host to greet me or give me any instructions arriving at the center. I wandered around the large dining room hoping to find something to eat, but all the doors into the kitchen had been locked. Lord, I prayed, I really don't care what I eat, but I need something. And while I'm talking to you about this, I sure do have a yearning for peaches. <laughs> oh, for a lovely, refreshing, juicy peach. Then I smiled. Because that was just the sort of prayer that I counsel others against offering. <laughs> I sighed, picked up my bags, and went to my assigned cabin. When I arrived at my room, a basket of peaches sat on the doorstep, <laughs> smiling up at me. I lifted them up and felt my loving Lord's smile. God's kindness is in even little ways. But God's kindness isn't pointless, is it? There's a purpose behind it. Write down Romans 2.4. Or do you show contempt, that verse says, do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward what? Repentance. Repentance. 
So what we're to do is behold the kindness of God and be drawn to Him in thankfulness. You know, what a shocking and disappointing thing that men receive the kindness of God and then they turn right around and they curse Him. Uh, because of His kindness, we ought to be repentant of our sin. We should be drawn to Him. Be drawn to Him in gratitude that He's not destroyed us. God's kindness has appeared at the proper time in the coming of Jesus. So God's kindness isn't just words. Listen to Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 7. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we've done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Did you hear how that passage began? But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds, but according to His mercy, by sending His Son, Jesus. So His kindness is not just words. We could say that the first advent of Christ, the first coming of Christ, is the epiphany of God's kindness. And we know that God's kindness will be on display in heaven. In Ephesians 2, 7, Paul says, in order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And so throughout all of eternity, we will forever enjoy the benefits of God's kindness. Think of some examples of it in the New Testament. Jesus' kindness to Jairus. Remember the synagogue leader? Come and heal my daughter. And on his way there, I got a report, she's dead. He went on anyway. Put people out of the room, she's not dead. And he healed her and raised her. Who can forget the kindness of Jesus shown to the woman caught in adultery? And Jesus wasn't light on sin there because he said, go and sin no more. But he showed kindness. Romans 8.34 talks about the kindness of God. Jesus Christ has the right to judge us and condemn us. But he came to pardon. Paul says, who is the one who condemns? And the answer to that question could be Christ. Christ has the right to condemn. But he says, Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. There's the kindness that Jesus showed to his earthly mother. There at the cross, what he said. Remember what he said to John? Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. He wanted his mother cared for. Common grace is another occurrence of God's kindness. 
Now, common grace is distinct from saving grace. Because everybody is a recipient of common grace. What's common grace? The sun coming up each morning. The sun comes, Jesus said, the sun comes up on the, on the righteous and the unrighteous. The rain that falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. The privileges that even the unrighteous enjoy on planet Earth. Everybody is a recipient of that. And that's an expression of God's kindness. Have you ever thought about it? God could bring disaster upon disaster upon disaster to the planet Earth. Would he be justified in doing so? Absolutely. He'd be justified. Because we've sinned against him. It's a fallen world. But he doesn't do that. Yes, disasters do happen, but by and large, we live on a stable earth. God's common grace. Because of his kindness. Acts 14, 17 says, And yet he did not leave himself without witness, in that he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. God's kindness displayed. And then thirdly, I want you to see our kindness commanded. Kindness isn't to be something we just talk about. God didn't just talk about it. God demonstrated it. We're to demonstrate it. I think of a man named Dennis from Katy, Texas. <clears throat> Due to poor planning, he needed some quick turnaround uh, on his dry cleaning because he was getting on a plane going on the next business trip. And he remembered a dry cleaner across town, one hour cleaning. So he got in his car, drove all the way across town, dropped his stuff off, told the clerk, now I'll, I'll be back. I'm fixing to get on the plane. I'll be back in an hour to get this. She said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's going to be at least two days before we get this to you. He said, your sign says one hour cleaning. She said, that's just our sign. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not just to talk about kindness we're be kind uh, the word was sometimes used in ancient times to refer to old wine that had mellowed and it describes a life that's been marinated in the goodness of God and then it gives out what it's received. Mark Twain once said, Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Now, probably the Old Testament, one of the richest words in the Old Testament that would, would be descriptive of this, it would come over into English, chesed. Such a rich Hebrew word, you, you, can't, you can't even translate that word with a single 
English word. God's loving kindness, God's graciousness, God's abounding love, His covenant love. Rich, rich word. And kindness is wrapped up in that word. Kindness is powerful. <clears throat> you know, there's, there's an old Aesop's fable in which the wind and the sun were arguing, and they were arguing over who was stronger. The wind said, you see that old man over there? I can make him take off his coat quicker than you can. Well, the sun agreed to hide behind the cloud while the wind blew up a storm, but the harder the wind blew, the old man wrapped his coat tighter and tighter around him. Finally, the wind gave up. Sun came out. Sun began to gently smile on that man. Before long, the old man was wiping his brow, opening his coat, taking off his coat. The sun knew the secret. Warmth, friendliness, and a gentle touch are always stronger than force and fury. Kindness. Now, look again at the deeds of the flesh. Look back at verse 19 again. Works of the flesh are obvious, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Put kindness beside all those ugly words. Think of the contrast. Powerful contrast. And again, how do we practice kindness? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Now folks, whatever else you would say about her, one of the kindest people who ever lived surely had to be Mother Teresa. Many acts of kindness. And one act of kindness in particular was captured by an American photographer. On this occasion... Mother Teresa was working in the slums of Calcutta. She was dressing the wounds of a leper. And through the camera lens, this tourist viewed the renowned nun tenderly replacing a bloody bandage that covered a large gaping hole where the person's nose had once been. The photographer said she could even smell the stench of rotting flesh. And after several pictures, she said, Sister, I wouldn't do what you're doing for $10 million. And Mother Teresa looked at her and said, You know what? I wouldn't either. <laughs> you can't put a price tag on kindness. Amen. Again, it's an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. You and I, we could think of it this way too. We need to put on the proper clothing. Look over at Colossians 3. Turn over to Colossians 3 for a minute. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 13. Colossians 3, 12 to 13. Paul says, And so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, Kindness, 
humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Paul's been using language in Colossians 3 that it's like every morning we get up, the challenge is to take off those things, like clothing. Take off those things that are not pleasing to God. And put on those things that God would have you to display. Let's think of some of the other duties of kindness. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Being kind and tender-hearted. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all men. And so kindness is love in action. And you know, a very practical place to start with kindness is what? With our tongue. Instead of sarcasm and sharpness with our tongue, give a little kindness. Sluggo and Nancy in the comic strip uh, Sluggo was talking to Nancy and he said, that new kid in school is nothing but a big fathead. Nancy said, you shouldn't call people names like that. I never call people names. Sluggo said, well, I just got so mad at him when he said you were so stupid looking. <laughs> Nancy said, what else did that old fathead say? <laughs> I heard the story of a man standing in line to bear, buy an airline ticket. When he got up to the counter, he said, I'd like to buy a ticket to New York City. The ticket agent said, okay. How many bags do you have to check? He said, three. He said, but I want you to send one to Phoenix, send one to Seattle, and send the third to London. The clerk was dumbfounded. She said, sir, we can't do that. He said, why not? You did it last week. <laughs> Let me close. There's, there's a touching story in the Old Testament about kindness. You remember what the scripture says about uh, David and Jonathan. Jonathan was whose son? Saul. What was Saul trying to do to David? Kill him. Okay? But Jonathan and David were best friends. And remember what happened when David learned that Saul and Jonathan were dead. How he grieved. And then some time went by and there was a question on one occasion David asked. David said, is there anybody left of Saul's household to whom I can show kindness? And they said, yes, king, there is. There's a boy by the name of Mephibosheth. 
Boy, there's a name you don't hear today, do you? Mephibosheth. He's crippled in both legs. And David said, bring him in. And Mephibosheth thought, uh-oh, being a descendant of Saul, common practice was the new king would kill all the descendants of the king that's just gone. So Mephibosheth's concerned that he gets there and David says, from now on, you're going to eat at my table and I'm going to have workers that will tend to your fields. For Jonathan's sake, I'm going to show you kindness and take care of you. It's a wonderful illustration of kindness. Kindness and action. Remember, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, one of the profiles of the believer is kindness. Do you show the kindness of God to others that God has lavished upon you? Do you? Think about that. Think how graciously, benevolent, kind God has been toward you. Do you show <coughs> others what God has shown you? Kindness is to be expressed even in our comments to people and about people. Words and actions. Kindness is expressed in meeting people's needs. Seeking to, to help them. In the body of Christ, unkindness should not be seen. A lost world ought to look at a church body and see kindness being displayed among the members of the body. And that's one thing that will draw them to Christ. Kindness. Any questions or comments as we close out that particular aspect of the fruit of the Spirit? Richard? I was, I was a recipient of God's kindness that really sticks in my mind. Uh, my son was uh, one year into his battle of cancer. It lasted two and a half years, and nothing was going right. It was like uh, one bad thing happened. He hit a deer, and the deer wrecked his truck. He got the truck fixed. Spermis went out. The chemo uh, was wrecking his body. And then one day we had to go to Matawan from Farmingdale, which is about 30 miles. He said, Dad, we'll take my truck. So he, he would drive his truck, so I went with him. And Matawan, uh, Route 34 at that time was still, you know, a lot of farms on each side and everything. It was cold, it was dark, and it was snowing around that night. And we went all the way to Matawan, picked up what he had to pick up, was on the way back, halfway in the middle of nowhere, because there was still farms around, there was uh, nothing around. And the, the, uh, the, the truck went dead, and he gets out, and he puts the hood up, and he says, uh, it's a carburetor, Dad, it's, it's, it's not going to start, it's not going to start. And it's one of those days where your fingers freeze to the metal, and it's just like, I can't, we can't do anything. I'm, I'm thinking, I was at the low, my lowest point, and I'm thinking to myself, I say, God, what, what's going to happen next, you know? <laughs> and uh, so there was a little a little hill 
this fellow comes down the hill in, in a car, and uh, he says, what's wrong? He says, and uh, Andy says, in the car, radiator is shot. So he looks at it, and sure enough, it was a carburetor. So he says, uh, uh, wait one minute. So we figured that was the end of him. He went back up the hill with his car. He came back down. He had a carburetor, put that in. And in the car, we, it drove, it was worked perfect in the, in the truck. And uh, he wouldn't accept any money or anything. And it just, and I said to Andy, I said, Andy, that was God. That was God. You know, it just, it just sticks in my mind. The, the coincidence, I mean, it was nothing around. And he goes over the hill and comes back down with the carburetor, fits up the truck. You know, that's strange, isn't it? <laughs> but the guy, it was the kindness of the fellow, you know. Sure. Operators aren't cheap, you know. And, and so it was just, you know, it was it was a it was a time our lowest point where God, through the kindness of this individual, lifted our hearts. You know? Yeah, something you've never forgotten. No. I've had people indicate to me, whether at a hospital or a nursing home, what it, something happened to one of our folks here. I think particularly among our senior groups here. Something happens to one of them, you get to the hospital, 70 people will be there. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Yeah, not anymore during COVID, but anyway. And staff's like, we've never seen a church help somebody like and be there for somebody like this. Kindness. People notice it. Okay. Anything else? Well, if not, let's start our prayer time. Dennis, I wonder if you'll get us started in our intercessory prayer time. And uh, you don't have to limit yourself to the people up here that we listed. The Lord may bring somebody else to your mind. But just sort of using this as a guide, maybe the Lord puts one on your heart that you'd like to pray for. Some of you may want to pray out loud. And after I sense that nobody else is going to pray, uh, I'll close us. Dennis, if you begin us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house tonight, Lord, to hear the words that you instill in us. And we thank you for your spirit that has instilled kindness in us, Lord. And Father, as I think of kindness, I think of the joy that I get when I display it and when others display your kindness, Father, how, how it makes a person feel. And Lord, we just thank you for your word, how it means so much to each of us in our lives. Lord, we thank you for everybody here tonight, for our visitors, for those that uh, we met the first time. We thank you for those, and Lord, we just uh, praise you for Wednesday nights when we can get down and dig in. 
Father, we pray this evening for uh, Karen Anderson. I do not know Karen, but COVID seems to be a theme amongst us, Lord, and we pray for anyone who's dealing with COVID. We pray for uh, Joel and Brenda Hyatt, who are struggling mightily with trying to recover. For little Lane Alley, Lord, who's going to have te- uh, tubes put in her ears, and we pray for the surgeons and the doctors that that would be uh, according to your will. We pray for Carolyn Klein, Lord, who's having surgery. And Lord, as our men go away for the weekend, they're, and actually they're, they're here, we pray that that will be successful and we we know that there's policemen here, Lord, that you're reaching through our church, and we thank you for that. Uh, we ask you to bless those of our church who are in Alaska. Lord, we pray that they're meeting the needs there and also spreading your word. Father, for the foster family, it was uh, good to see them Sunday, and we uh, fondly remember them, and Lord, it was sad to hear about Jackie. We ask you to be with the family, with the son and the daughter, and uh, with the family as the funeral approaches in a couple of weeks. Lord, uh, Jim Braley, we haven't seen them in a while, Father. We just pray that uh, they're being taken care of and that they're still uh, trusting in you, Lord. They've had a rough, rough go. And for Ned Finney, Lord, we just thank you for the work you're doing in his life and helping him to recover as he's uh, in serious condition. And Lord, for Dr. Willis, we uh, saw him Sunday and he is doing good, but he said he misses having someone to talk to, which of course we know is true. We ask you to be with him, bless him, Lord, and Get him back here among us as he belongs. Father, we just thank you for the kindness that you've shown each of us in saving us and giving us your son, which is the ultimate act of kindness. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we offer it all to you in Jesus' name. Are there others?
encouraged them and so forth with the work they're doing that they are prepared to do want to do it in love and in sharing but Father there's some hang ups up there too it's a very small church a good Sunday might see ten people there This past Sunday at 11 o'clock, I was talking to Linda, and she said, got to go, church is starting. So far, we have one person. <clears throat> Father, we know how that can be discouraging. When the visitors outnumber the, the members of regular attenders, 11, 12, or 1. But Father, you were there in the midst of that congregation, if you will. I just pray that through the sharing of being there with that one person, just revive their spirit and encourage them. And Father, I just, you know, that's the way it is in mission work. We had some disappointments. I remember a couple of years ago in Calgary, but Father, you know, our efforts are not wasted. Your word never goes out and comes back without achieving your purpose. And Father, I just pray they would remember that and just keep on keeping on. And I just encourage them. And Father, you've been kind to them too. The weather said it was going to be a cold rain four days in a row. Has been that way. And that's just wonderful, too, just to add to that. <clears throat> I would like to underline the prayer request there for Dr. Willis. I want to share my thanks and eternal gratitude to him for the fine way that even as he came here kind of semi-retired, uh, he got to work and he led the friendly neighbors and the other senior citizens of this church did it in a wonderful spirit and encouraging way and Father I just thank you for how he took a situation and, and molded it the way you wanted it we thank you for the loving relationship he had for all those years 60 some years married to the princess. We miss her too. And Father, I'd just like to share this message with those in the sound of my voice. If you see him, always encourage him. Right now, he's expressed the desire to talk. And the guys in the Tuesday morning meeting, we're going to try to if not to come to the meeting, just to come to breakfast afterwards with us. That we can just sit and talk and just have a good time together. I pray you would bless his meeting in Columbia there with his uh, son. And Father, just be encouraging to him. I just pray an extra dab of kindness, goodness, and love from you for your faithful servant for so many years. And Father, I'll be eternally grateful for that because he deserves it. 
He has been an example to this church body of someone who he doesn't worry about retirement, at least not until he got to the point of not being able to physically perform as well as he could as far as doing all the activities and so forth. And Father, he's going to be hard to replace because he's not going yet and I still feel his presence and I'm so glad for that. So, Dr. Willis, we love you. We want you to know that you are a treasure in this body of believers and we so want you to be able to come back and recover to be with us for as long as God grants you time here on earth with us. And I'll pray that in Jesus' name. Our Father, I want to lift up to you those people that are wanting to get out of Afghanistan. We don't know how true the stories we hear are, but we hear that somebody's been sitting in an airplane for days. I just cannot imagine. I cannot fathom what that would be, Lord. And some of them are, are your servants, missionaries. And some of them, Lord, are people that... <clears throat> have served Americans over there. And God, I just, uh, my heart bleeds for anybody that has to sit in the airplane that long. And God, like I say, we don't know how truth, how much truth there is in the, in the things we hear. But Lord, uh, take care of people that are wanting, wanting to leave and can't get out, Lord. I just can't imagine that. I was on the little island booking out. And I haven't thought about if I couldn't get off that island. And Lord, these people might not be on an island in an ocean, but Lord, they're alienated from everybody. Just be with them, Lord. And may you show your power in this situation. In Jesus' name. Father, we are grateful for what you do in our lives. We know that the fruit of the Spirit is supernatural. It's not something that we work up. It's something that you do in and through us. And Lord, certainly you yourself demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm reminded of what Paul says in Romans 8, how... It is your desire that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. It is your will that we walk in the Spirit and display the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, forgive us for where we fail you in this. And Lord, I pray that a daily reminder to us that you would uh, 
that you give us strength and wisdom, the people we come across, the circumstances we encounter, that uh, you would just impress upon our hearts daily that uh, we are to display the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, may we think in particular of the next few days about kindness. We thank you for your kindnesses toward us. Lord, we pray that uh, we would let that spill over onto others around us. God, make us the type of people uh, that others would truly see your work of grace and evidence of conversion in us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.